From iHeart Podcast, Supreme, the battle for Roe, tells the story of the unlikely champions behind the landmark case, Roe v. Wade. Starring Maya Hawk as 26-year-old lead attorney, Sarah Weddington. We're challenging the Texas abortion laws in federal court. And Academy Award nominee, William H. Macy as Supreme Court Justice, Harry Blackman. Time is not the most important factor. Getting it right is. Listen to the podcast, Supreme, the battle for Roe, on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts. Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. Welcome to the Wrestling DeLorean Podcast. I am your host, Mike De Niro. Before we get into the show, I want to thank all our fans from all over the world. We hope you had a great weekend. We're going to be starting the week off right here with the Wrestling DeLorean Podcast. A lot went down this weekend, and we're going to be talking about it all here today. From last Friday's SmackDown to AEW's debut of Rampage to Saturday's Triple Mania for Triple A. For New Japan Pro Wrestling USA's Resurgent Show, there's a lot that went down. But we're not just talking about that. Of course, like every Monday, we're going to be going back in time to the next episodes of Raw vs. Nitro for the fight for Monday night. So if you don't already, make sure you follow us on Twitter at W underscore DeLorean Pod. Make sure you follow us on TikTok and on Instagram at Wrestling DeLorean Pod. And if you don't live under a rock, you know how to use YouTube. So make sure you subscribe to the Wrestling DeLorean Podcast on YouTube. Leave a like comment subscribe all the other stuff that those famous youtubers tell you to do do that for me too i appreciate it thank you for all our fans from all over the world we are the number one show in cambodia Woo! shout out to cambodia we are the number two show in the philippines we are the number 50 show in the united states of america had to hit you with some ultimate warrior there Thank you so much for all our fans. We love the support. Thank you. Without you, there is no us. Today is super stacked, so let's get into it right now. I hope everyone had a wonderful, wonderful, wonderful weekend. Thank you so much for letting us into your morning routine on this Monday. Thank you so much for letting us into your home because we're letting you us... Well, we're letting you into our car, the DeLorean. I was trying something new there. It didn't work out. Let's just move on. <laughs> Let's get into the news and notes of the weekend. We have a shit ton of them. So we got to talk about it right now. It was reported on Friday that the Wrestling Observer Newsletter, Dave Meltzer, has, I guess, inside information that will indicate that the Nature Boy, Ric Flair, has officially signed to AEW. If that is the case, it's only fitting. I, I mentioned that last week that Ric Flair should go to AEW if he does want to continue to stay in the wrestling business. Having Arn Anderson there, having Tully Blanchard there, it, it would be really cool to see Ric Flair in that mix. Ric Flair fits with that TNT old school style. I really do think that Ric Flair would be appreciated. And especially with his son-in-law uh, to be Andrade there, I mean, it makes sense, right? Now, we can't speak about 
Andrade this weekend and Ric Flair without mentioning Triple Mania. Andrade versus Kenny Omega for the Triple A Mega Campeon. It was a amazing match. It was one to remember, but with a few little swerves because for the whole lead up and build to this matchup, Conan was supposed to be accompanying Andrade to the ring. But Andrade Al Idolo said before the show that he does not want Conan in his corner. He has a replacement that will be even better than Conan. So Conan then turns around and says, All right, well then I'm going to be in the corner of Kenny Omega then. Since you want to be ungrateful, boy. You you don't got no one better than Conan. Conan's the Hulk Hogan of Mexico. How, how you got somebody better than Conan? Anyway, he, he's going to be a company Kenny Omega. So it turns out, surprise, surprise, for the first time ever... And Triple A have been around for a long time. A long time. Since the 80s, right? And for the first time ever. Even though Triple A, they uh, worked with WCW back in the day. Even though Triple A worked with uh, TNA sometimes back in the day while this guy was in TNA. There was no crossover until now because Andrade was accompanied by none other than the Nature Boy Ric Flair in his World Championship Showdown match at Triple Mania. Ric Flair made his debut for Triple A and he accompanied his son-in-law Andrade El Idolo. That was a really, really awesome moment. We're going to be talking about Triple Mania in a little bit. I, I enjoyed the show. Another show that I really enjoyed this weekend was New Japan Pro Wrestling's Resurgence. And somebody made a big comeback. And that somebody is Will Ospreay. Not only did he come back, but he came back with the IWGP champion around his waist. He's laying claim. He is still the champion. He wants all challengers. Nobody could touch him. He wants anybody and everybody to step up. Will Ospreay was playing a real Conor McGregor type character here. And I mean, it really does fit him. The, the, the cocky high flying heel does fit Will Ospreay. Really cool. We're going to be talking about, you know, screw it. Let's, let's get right into New Japan resurgence. And let's talk about Triple Mania because these two shows during the weekend were really good. We're going to work our way backwards here. We'll talk about Saturday. Work our way backwards to Friday because just so many, so much went down this weekend. So let's talk about it. New Japan Resurgence was a really good show. Really good show. Outside in the LA Sports Coliseum. It was a really cool visual to have that in the background. Really cool to see fans there. What a show, man. What a show. Like, after the 6-10 man tags that they had, it was really cool to see like some of the main events on the show. Ishii versus Moose was one hard-hitting ass match. I enjoyed it. I, I I thought that Moose was going to pick up the victory. I kind of wished he did. I'm a big Tomohiro Ishii fan, but to be honest, Moose is getting shitted on on all sides. New Japan, uh, Impact Wrestling. Like I really want to see Moose get the victory here and maybe him get some shots for New Japan. But nonetheless, really good showing for both guys. That was a hard-hitting matchup. John Moxley's mystery partner was none other than the man he faced on AEW Dynamite a couple months ago. It was John Moxley and the legendary Yuji Nagata against the Good Brothers. That was one hell of a matchup, but in the end, the Good Brothers pick up the victory, and they were then confronted by none other than the Gorillas of Destiny, Tungaloa, Tamatanga, 
these guys have been talking a lot of shit that these elite guys in the United States, they're just trying to cut off. They're trying to copy what we do here in the New Japan world with the Bullet Club. They're trying to take their Bullet Club, you know, past and profit off of our hard work. So they've been talking a lot and they've been very opinionated about what Kenny Omega and the Good Brothers been doing. So it's really cool to see this final showdown between the elite and the Bullet Club. A few years back, they were the firing squad. They kicked the elite out of the Bullet Club. Now they're wanting to take the Bullet Club name and keep it sacred because they feel that the elite is bastardizing and prostituting the name of the Bullet Club. So with Jay White in the United States, with Tama Tonga and Tungaloa in the United States, and then you got AEW and Impact, you have Kenny Omega running around with the Good Brothers calling themselves the elite. It's going to be real interesting if we finally get a showdown between all these guys, Bullet Club versus Elite. I'm all for it. This is also where Will Ospreay, he, he returns on this show. That was a big, big pop. Really cool to see Ospreay back from his injury. It was a real shame that he went down when he was at the top of his uh, game. New Japan Pro Wrestling's IWGP champion. Then he goes down with injury. That was a real shame. Uh, also on this show, you had the Murder Hawk monster Lance Archer dropped the IWGP US champion to none other than the ace of New Japan, Hiroshi Tanahashi who is now your United States IWGP champion for New Japan Pro Wrestling, which means he's probably going to be seen in the United States a lot more often. I know John Moxley been calling him out on AEW, and it is rumored that we're getting Tanahashi versus John Moxley at All Out. Nonetheless, I am excited to see Tanahashi get a United States run here in the United States. Really cool. Whether he's wrestling for Impact, New, uh, New Japan Strong, AEW, NWA, wherever he goes, He's already a top star. That guy is the top guy for years in New Japan. So him being in the United States, still holding gold, still on top of his game. It's a bunch of dream matches I would love to see here in the United States. So I'm really, really excited about that. Speaking of dream matches, we had two big dream matches in Triple A's Triple Mania the same night. Kenny Omega went against Andrade El Idolo. Like I said, Kenny Omega was accompanied by Conan, while Andrade was accompanied by Ric Flair. In the end, though, it didn't matter that Flair was there, and Flair even got physical, hitting Kenny Omega with some chops. Really, really cool to see Kenny Omega mixing it up with Ric Flair. But, in the end, Kenny Omega is still your AAA Mega Campeon. He defeated Andrade with the one-winged angel. You know, he has less gold going into this matchup. We'll talk about that after the break when we talk about AEW Rampage. But he was able to retain his AAA Mexican champion. Also on this show, Diana Perazu is now a double champion. Not only is she the Impact Wrestling Knockouts champion, she is now the Reinas de Reinas champion for AAA. She defeated... Fabi Alpachi, she is now your champion in Mexico. I love, yo, the Forbidden Door was not just open this weekend. It was blown the hell up. We had an Impact Wrestling World Heavyweight title change on Friday. We had Kenny Omega defending the title in Mexico. We had Impact Wrestling winning Mexican champions on Saturday. We had a bunch of uh, New Japan, AAA, and... uh, AEW stuff going down in New Japan's uh, resurgence on Saturday. A lot of crazy stuff. This is such a fun time period to be a fan of wrestling. So much going on. It's it's amazing. When we come back, we're going to talk about what went down on Friday because Saturday wasn't the only show that made history. 
Friday, we had the debut of AEW Rampage. And before that, we had a really good episode of SmackDown. SmackDown's very consistent. Been killing it on Fridays. But they have more company now on Fridays because AEW is now on Friday nights as well. We're going to talk all about that when we come back. Protesters and supporters alike are lined up outside the United States Supreme Court this afternoon as a decision in the most hotly debated case in years is set to be delivered. From iHeart Podcast, Supreme, the battle for Roe, tells the story of the unlikely champions behind the landmark case, Roe v. Wade. Sir, I graduated the top quarter of my class. We, we just, just don't have a spot for you. Starring Maya Hawk as 26-year-old lead attorney Sarah Weddington. We're challenging the Texas abortion laws in federal court. And Academy Award nominee William H. Macy as Supreme Court Justice Harry Blackman. My chief qualification being... I'm uncontroversial. You know how we both ended up on the Supreme Court? Politics? Damn right. This may be the longest of shots, but it's also the last chance for a lot of women. Time is not the most important factor. Getting it right is. I'm trying to get you to stand for something, man. Now go to it. Listen to Supreme, the battle for Roe on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. Welcome back to the Wrestling DeLorean Podcast, ladies and gentlemen. We just went backwards. We, we talked about everything that went down on Saturday between New Japan Pro Wrestling and AAA. But just as historic as Saturday was, we got to talk about a very historic Friday because we are about to get into the debut episode of AEW Rampage and also a really good episode of WWE SmackDown. Let's get into it right now, a lot of people are going to be talking about AEW Rampage when it talks about last Friday, but we got to talk about SmackDown because not only did we have one hell of a showdown between John Cena and Roman Reigns, where John Cena basically took him to school, talking about how he needed the Shield's protection, but he ran Dean Ambrose out of the WWE. Seth Rollins doesn't have his back. Roman Reigns was hitting... With fire too. Like this is what happens when you take away the handcuffs. And it was announced that WWE was going to let Roman Reigns and John Cena have a little free will with their promos here. And it definitely shows John Cena was just coming off really natural. And as was Roman Reigns, you got a natural sounding promo. And it sounds like these guys really have beef. That's what happens when you're not scripting Stuff to be said from guys who could talk, you know? When you have two guys who could cut a promo, you let them go out there and cut a promo. John Cena and Roman Reigns talked me into wanting to see it. But that's not the case with everything that's, like, in the WWE. If you see that this works, why not give people some of those free reigns? Why not give 
more freedom to have promos that are less choreographed and less scripted. Like, I don't know. But all I know is John Cena and Roman Reigns was a hell of a moment here on the SmackDown. Another big moment on the SmackDown was the Intercontinental Champion changing hands. We had Apollo Crews going against Shinsuke Nakamura. Nakamura is now your new IC champion. He picked up the victory against Apollo Crews. Apollo Crews had a quite uh, lengthy title reign. It was a really fun title reign, too. Did not expect him to hold it that long. I really love that he changed up his character and was able to become a star in the WWE because for so long he was just floundering there. He was just, I guess, a guy that could go but didn't necessarily have a character. Too much start stop pushing with him. Didn't really have much mic time. Now with this heel persona, he's with Commander Aziz. He is proud of his Nigerian heritage. He, you know, plays the heel up. He had a really good and fun, enjoyable, lengthy title reign as the Intercontinental Champion. But cool to see Nakamura here pick up the victory. People forget, Shinsuke Nakamura, before the WWE, was a main event guy. And... When he went to NXT, he was a main event guy. Then he goes up to the main roster, and he's a mid-card guy. So, it's cool to see Shinsuke Nakamura slowly but surely getting back to that spot that he deserves to be in. The guy is one of the top guys in Japan. He is a Japanese superstar. So, cool to see Nakamura slowly climbing back up the ranks here in the WWE. We had another confrontation between... Sasha Banks and Bianca Belair, but a lot of rumors and innuendo coming out of the weekend. They are, it was announced that it was going to be Sasha versus Bianca at SummerSlam, but now it looks like we're not going to get that match because of unforeseen reasons. During the live event on Saturday, it was announced that they were not on the show due to unforeseen reasons, and now it's being reported by the Wrestling Observer Newsletter that that match may be taken off of SummerSlam for unforeseen reasons. What are those reasons? I don't know. But still, it is concerning, being that that was one of the top title matches for SummerSlam. Now that match might not even take place, and we don't even know why. But nonetheless, this was a really good SmackDown. SmackDown has some competition at night. Not head-to-head, but... They are not the only wrestling show on Friday, so they came out guns blazing. They were trying to hold down the fort. But in the end, I got to give Friday night, this Friday night at least, to AEW Rampage, the debut episode. Let's get into it. What a super stacked, crazy show Rampage was. Man, this show was just amazing. So first of all, this was the debut episode. We're back in Pittsburgh. That crowd was electric the whole night. We are welcomed by our announcers, our commentary team of Excalibur, Chris Jericho, Taz, and Mark Henry. Really cool to see Mark Henry on the uh, call here. We start out with the Impact Wrestling World Heavyweight Championship match, Christian Cage versus Kenny Omega. This was a really good match. Everything looked so professional. Everything looked so crisp. The crowd was hot. Shouts to Pittsburgh, man. What a freaking crowd. For both Dynamite and for uh, Rampage, Pittsburgh was just on top of their game. This probably is one of my favorite crowds since the pandemic because they made everybody feel like a superstar. Everybody got a pop. The home girl, the hometown girl, Britt Baker, is like a god in Pittsburgh. But everybody got a reaction, and it just seems so fun to be a part of an AEW crowd, and it's because of crowds like Pittsburgh that show that, hey, this is not just, you know, 
a wrestling show we're going to. It's like a big family gathering where everyone's there to just have fun, and I, I love that. But anyway, back to the match. What a freaking matchup, man. There was a really close, close, close near fall when Christian Cage hit the frog splash. I thought it was done there. Crowd's going ballistic. AEW chance. The Young Bucks come out. They slide in a chair to Kenny Omega to use while Don Callis was distracting the referee. Christian Cage reverses it. He hits the kill switch onto the chair. One, two, three. We have a new Impact Wrestling Champion. Holy shit. This was an amazing matchup with an even shocking ending because I thought Kenny Omega was not going to lose before his big match at AAA, before the big match with Christian at uh, All Out. But no, Christian Cage is your Impact Wrestling Champion. It has been almost, what, when was the last time Christian Cage was champion in Impact? 2006, 2007? So it has been a long, long time. But Christian Cage is once again on top of the mountain in Impact Wrestling. This is his first title that he won since coming out of retirement. Really cool moment. Currently, when I go back in time on Thursdays and I talk about making an impact, and I talk about the TNA Impact era from 2006. Currently, Christian Cage is the champion, so it's crazy how the past is mirroring the future here with Christian Cage as the champion for Impact Wrestling. He will be on Impact Wrestling this week. His number one contender was already named during Impact Wrestling. It will be Brian Myers versus Christian Cage. But once again, this was just an amazing moment. So cool to see this go down on the debut episode in the very first matchup for AEW. This was just really, really good. Christian Cage really cementing that he is a superstar. Mark Henry, he interviews Christian Cage after the matchup. Just a really cool moment. Christian Cage says that he not only wants to be the Impact Wrestling Champion, but he wants to take that world title, the AEW world title from Kenny Omega, and he will even take the Mega Campion from Kenny Omega. He wants to take everything that Kenny Omega owns. We next get a video package for Fuego Del Sol, who will be going against Miro for the TNT Championship right now. Starts out hot. Fuego Del Sol, the, the master of the Tornado DDT, hit two huge Tornado DDTs on Miro to start out the match. I thought that that was going to be like a huge upset if uh, Fuego picks up the victory on those. He almost did. It was a huge, huge, huge near fall for Fuego. But then Miro just gets up and absolutely destroys Fuego. This was, by the way, Fuego won. Fuego Del Sol was going to earn himself an AEW contract. But... In the end, the Redeemer Miro was just too much for Fuego Del Sol. Miro picks up the victory. He is still your TNT champion. But in a really feel-good moment here, Fuego Del Sol's best friend in wrestling, Sammy Guevara, comes out. He's with Tony Khan. Tony Khan gives him the blessing. Fuego Del Sol is given a contract, and he's presented a contract for AEW, not only to be in the company, but he's presented this contract by his best friend, Sammy Guevara. Really cool moment. Fuego is now all elite. And rightfully so, the guy is over as hell with the crowd. It's not like they just signed some random guy. This crowd loved Fuego Del Sol, so really cool to see him earn his spot in AEW. Before the main event, we had Mark Henry interview both Britt Baker and Red Velvet. And in the main event here, it is for the AEW Women's Champion, Britt Baker, Red Velvet. Or as I should say, Red Velvet versus the Queen of Pittsburgh because this crowd reacted to Britt Baker as if she was Jesus Christ. It was insane. This crowd was going ballistic for Britt Baker, and it was really cool. It was a good matchup. To be honest, I I like the Kenny Omega and the Christian Cage matchup better. I would have put that as the main event. But then again, 
shocking the world with the title switch as the very first match and that crowd being that hot. I understand why they didn't. They wanted a a shocking title switch as the first match ever to show that anything could happen on AEW Rampage. But still, this was a really good matchup. In the end, Britt Baker picks up the victory with the lockjaw. Afterwards, it was kind of confusing because we had Chris Statlander uh, attack Britt Baker after Britt Baker was continuing to attack uh, Red Velvet. I don't know why you would treat Britt Baker like the heel here when she was obviously the most over person in the freaking locker room. But anyway, we had the return of Jamie Hayter, who we haven't seen on AEW since the pre-pandemic days. She was teaming up with B Priestley. That's how far back we're going. She debuts or returns here, and she has Britt Baker's back. If you remember a few weeks back, Britt Baker said that she's going to have backup. She's going to have someone watching her back, and Jamie Hayter is here to watch Britt Baker's back. Jamie Hayter is a really good wrestler from uh, the UK. They continue to solidify that their women's division is all elite. They show that their women's division is a force to be reckoned with. There's so much talk about how the AEW women's division is not up to par with the men's division. But with the additions of Jamie Hayter, with the rumors of uh, Ruby Soho, with the rumors of Tessa Blanchard, with the additions of Thunder Rosa... With Britt Baker being as over as she is, hard to say that the AEW's women's division is not becoming a force to be reckoned with. So yeah, AEW Rampage was a huge success for their debut show. I gave it a strong 4.5 out of 5. I enjoyed this. The one hour went by so fast. Time flies when you're having fun. And I just got to say, this one hour felt like it was 20 minutes. That's how fast things went with this. It was short. It was compact. It was high intensity. It was groundbreaking. It was great. I I love this. I can't wait for next week. This Friday, AEW Rampage from the United Center. The possible debut of CM Punk. I don't want to miss it. I'm so freaking excited for that. AEW is right now firing on all cylinders. I'm excited. When we come back, we're going back in time. And we're talking about the next episodes of Raw vs. Nitro, the April 22nd, 1996 episodes. We are counting down until the debut of Sky Hall on Nitro. This was a really good episode for both Raw and Nitro. So when we come back, we're going to be going back in time, talking about the fight for Monday night. Stay tuned. <laughs> Protesters and supporters alike are lined up outside the United States Supreme Court this afternoon as a decision in the most hotly debated case in years is set to be delivered. From iHeart Podcast, Supreme, the battle for Roe, tells the story of the unlikely champions behind the landmark case, Roe v. Wade. Sir, I graduated the top quarter of my class. We, we just, just don't have a spot for you. Starring Maya Hawk as 26-year-old lead attorney Sarah Weddington. We're challenging the Texas abortion laws in federal court. And Academy Award nominee William H. Macy as Supreme Court Justice Harry Blackman. My chief qualification being I'm uncontroversial. You know how we both ended up on the Supreme Court? Politics. Damn right. This may be the longest of shots, but it's also the last chance for a lot of women. Time is not the most important factor. Getting it right is. I'm trying to get you to stand for something, man. Now go to it. Listen to Supreme, the battle for Roe on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. How? 
How powerful is Cox Internet? So powerful that one day, your daughter will be able to simulate a soccer match against some of the world's best players right from your backyard. Get gig speeds powered by fiber from Cox. It's internet built for tomorrow, today. Internet delivered through Cox's hybrid fiber coax network. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions apply. Monday, you know what that means. We don't end the Monday shows without going back in time and reliving the Monday Night War. Every Monday here on the Wrestling DeLorean Podcast, we talk about the fight for Monday Night, Raw versus Nitro. We go week by week, and we not only study up on the war, not only do we relive the war, but we review the war from our eyes. Fuck what the ratings said back then, because yeah, WCW won 83 weeks in a row, but not every week does WCW better than Raw, in my opinion. This is about my opinion. Let's talk about it. April 22nd, 1996. WCW Nitro, we're going to start out with them. The show starts off with Eric Bischoff giving off Raw's results right off the bat. Like, fuck it. Uh, Raw sucks tonight. You know what I mean? You're going to see Goldust versus Savio Vega. Going to see Fatu versus Vader. Blah, 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 blah. We got the Godwins versus the Jobbers. We got Aldo Montoya versus Mankind. Blah, this shit sucks. If you want to watch the action live, you are here at the right place. We are about to be live here on Nitro. Anyway, the show starts off with the public enemy. Versus the American Males, which, by the way, have the worst theme song in history. Like, a lot of people want to say Disco Fever was bad. Disco Fever, Disco Fever, ah, ah, ah. That's not even as bad as the American Males. American Males, American Males, American Males, American Males. That shit was, uh, yo, it was so bad that, honestly, hours after watching this shit, it was stuck in my head. All I could hear is, American males, American males, American males, American males. I, I want to freaking just, oh, it was horrible. Anyway, Public Enemy, this matchup, like, you got to be giving, like, give me a break. This matchup was a good matchup that ended when Public Enemy threw Scotty Riggs over the top rope. And they called a disqualification. What are we living in, the 60s? It's the 90s. It's the late 90s. Over the top rope is a disqualification? Get out of here. You serious? Come on. You have a team like Public Enemy that came from ECW. And you're disqualifying them. Last week you had a matchup where they were going through tables. They had chairs. They had ladders. They had garbage cans. They had everything in the book. But now you're disqualifying them for throwing someone over the top rope like we living in the Bruno San Martino era. Like, come on. In the end, though, Public Enemy, they put Scotty Riggs through a table. But still, come on. Like, these DQ finishes suck. Um, we waste a lot of time on the show with Mean Gene announcing the Battle Ball drawings for Slamboree. And it was just very boring. He couldn't do this any more boringly. And no no disrespect to Mean Gene, but this, was, this shouldn't have been on TV. Next... Thank you, God. Finally, my prayers have been answered. I said this show will get so much better when they bring back the Cruiserweights. They had a good 
mixture of cruiserweight action, real wrestling action, along with these top heavyweight stars. And they took away those cruiserweights and real wrestling action for a long time. But on the show, we had the return. We had Chris Benoit versus Eddie Guerrero. Thank God this was a great matchup. And I got to say, it was because of this matchup alone why WCW was better than Raw, in my opinion. Because this matchup alone blows away anything that was going down on TV in that time period. It is announced that the Cruiserweights will be having their own division coming soon. They announced that way back in the day. Like, stop the shit. Let's do it already because I can't sit through Lex Luger versus fucking Ric Flair like every fucking week. I got to see the Cruiserweights. Chris Benoit picks up the victory in this really good, phenomenal matchup with Eddie Guerrero. Can you expect anything less from Chris Benoit versus Eddie Guerrero? My point exactly. You see how one matchup could take this show and take it to the next level. This one matchup brought this show over the edge for WCW. We got more battle bowl drawings. Then we got back to the the bullshit of WCW. We had Hacksaw Jim Duncan versus Meng. Meng. Hacksaw Jim Duncan wins because he taped his fist and hit Meng in the face. And we all know that a taped fist is like hitting someone with brass knucks. Anyway... Ming, Haku, whatever you want to call him, is known for being one of the toughest guys in wrestling history. But all you got to do to beat him in a fight is tape up your fist a little bit. So stupid. Main event time, we got Ric Flair and the Giant versus Sting and Lex Luger, a rematch from last week. WCW loves giving rematches. It feels like modern day WWE with the same match week in and week out. But this time, all the titles are on the line. Ric Flair's world heavyweight titles on the line. Sting's ta- Sting and Luger's tag team champions are on the line. And Lex Luger's television champions on the line. Which means whoever gets pinned gets that title from whoever they pinned. This matchup before the matchup started had Randy Savage coming out trying to attack Ric Flair. He was arrested. This matchup was just thrown out again, once again, due to coffee being thrown in the face. Every week, for the fourth week in a row, the main event ends with someone throwing coffee in someone's face and ending in the DQ. Come on. Come on, man. Ugh. Anyway, this this sucks. WCW sucks. Ric Flair versus Giant next week. I don't even want to review the rest of the show. I'm sick of the main events being DQ'd because of coffee. So, we had four matches on this show, and only one of them were given a proper finish. Only one of them was an actually really good matchup. Everything else could have been missable. How are you giving away Raw's ratings? How are you giving away Raw's uh, results on your show, and then showing this on your show? Like, how do you say, oh, the Raw WWF, the World Whiny Federation, they suck. You're only going to see Savio Vega versus Goldust and Mankind versus Aldo Montoya. Look what we got for you. We have disqualifications if you go over the top rope. We have people getting knocked out because of a taped fist. We have coffee being thrown in people's faces. Yay! Where the big boys play. Yay! Screw you. Let's talk about WWF Monday Night Raw, April 22nd, 1996. Show starts out with the IC title matchup between Goldust and Savio Vega. Stone Cold Steve Austin's on the ramp. He's watching. This makes sense because, like I said last week, why is Savio getting an IC title match when he lost to Stone Cold Steve Austin? Why isn't Stone Cold Steve Austin getting a a title match over uh, Savio? But anyway, Savio is uh, the loser in this matchup. 
because while Marlena distracted the referee, Stone Cold Steve Austin came in, hit the Stone Cold Stunner on Savio Vega, and Goldust picked up the victory. He is now a two-time Intercontinental Champion. Next, we got Vader versus Fatu. Really quick victory, quick squash match. Vader pins Fatu with the Moonsault, which is a move that he just debuted on WWF television because the Vader Bomb is not enough. He has to do a flip with it. Uh, we got footage of the British Bulldog taking out Jake the Snake Roberts in, G- in Germany. They have a showdown at In Your House this coming Saturday or Sunday, whenever it was at this time. We had a pretty much a squash match between the Godwins versus Tajiri and some jobber. The Godwins win, but the Body Donnas attack, and with Sonny, they slop Phineas. And the main event was Aldo Montoya versus Mankind, which Mankind clearly won so quickly it was a squash match we then get the history of hbk and diesel so this was a little better than last week's it had more wrestling on it. it had more uh victories no no dqs on here like every week there's a bunch of dqs on both raw and nitro but still when your main event is aldo montoya versus mankind it's whatever i think the best match of the night was chris benoit and and uh, eddie guerrero both these shows suck. And and so there's a real kick in the ass. That's why we're counting down. We're about three weeks away from Scott Hall debuting on WCW. That's when things get a little more interesting. And I can't wait for that. But whatever. We'll be here back with the fight for Monday night next week. Talking about the next episodes of Monday Night Raw and WCW Nitro. I hope everyone had a great weekend. Like I said, I hope everyone has a great week. Tune in tomorrow for more Wrestling DeLorean Podcast. Follow us on Instagram at Wrestling DeLorean Pod. Follow us on TikTok at Wrestling DeLorean Pod. Follow us on Twitter at W underscore DeLorean Pod. And follow us on and subscribe on the YouTube page. You don't want to miss out. Thank you so much for all my subscribers, all my downloaders, all my supporters. I love you all. Shouts to Cambodia. I'm the number one podcast in Cambodia. That's trippy to say. Shouts to the Philippines. I appreciate all you guys. Thank you all over the world, all my fans. I love you all. See you guys tomorrow. Make sure you tune into the Wrestling DeLorean Podcast. Yeah. From iHeart Podcast, Supreme, the battle for Roe, tells the story of the unlikely champions behind the landmark case, Roe v. Wade. Starring Maya Hawk as 26-year-old lead attorney, Sarah Weddington. We're challenging the Texas abortion laws in federal court. And Academy Award nominee, William H. Macy, as Supreme Court Justice, Harry Blackman. Time is not the most important factor. Getting it right is. Listen to the podcast, Supreme, the battle for Roe, on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts. Why? Why? If you have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. 